Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to your weekly astrology forecast for the week of July 13th through the 19th. I hope that you're all doing well out there this week. Uh, we are coming off of our eclipse season and trying to process all of those experiences and what we've let go of and how the new narrative is working out for us now. Um, as we move forward through our week, we're going to be experiencing an opposition from the sun at 22 degrees of Cancer to Jupiter retrograde at 22 degrees of Capricorn. Um, we're also going to see on Wednesday the 15th a conjunction with the sun and the fixed star Pollux, which was the, the other twin. We talked about Castor last week and the, the more maybe optimistic or positive twin. And here we're going to get in touch with the dark side uh, with, with uh, the sun conjoining Pollux. Uh, on that same day, the sun will be opposing a retrograde Pluto at 23 degrees of Cancer and Capricorn, respectively, and Mars will be moving into the second decan of Aries. On Friday, the 17th, the sun will conjoin the fixed star Procyon, which is part of the constellation Canis Minor, the little dog. So we'll, we'll talk about that type of energy as well. And then finally, on Sunday, the 19th, Mars will be conjoining the fixed star Alderamin, at 12 degrees of Aries, which is part of the constellation Cepheus, who is one of the members of the royal family in the sky. Uh, and our good friend Hermes will be conjoining Merzims again in direct motion at seven degrees of Cancer, where we saw previously, um, Merzims was the announcer star, and we saw previously an announcement with the Supreme Court uh, uh, they had a busy week when Mercury was uh, conjoining Merzims. So we'll see that in direct motion this week as well. Um, and then finally on the, the 19th, um, Mars is going to be, nope, Mars has already moved into Aries at that point. So let's move forward to our planetary condition, shall we? All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my screen here. If I can get this all... Uh, hammered out for you. We said we've got a stationing Mercury right now. And that is uh, creating some, uh, some interesting, um, some interesting stuff. So we'll see how it goes this week, as we've got a very slow Mercury ready to turn direct on Sunday. And um, yeah, hopefully you can see my screen here now. And the planetary condition for the week uh, the sun's going to start off in the third decan of Cancer, where it is peregrine. It will be moving uh, through the terms of Jupiter from 19 to 26 degrees, and then the terms of Saturn from 26 to 30 degrees. So we're moving, the sun itself will be moving from 21 Cancer to 27 degrees Cancer. And of course, we're going to talk about some of that third decan Cancer signification. Um, but just briefly, there are themes of abundance and luxury versus uh, lack and scarcity and those types of questions that we're asking ourselves about what to do when we come across an excess after we've grown something into abundance. Uh, the sun will be still co-present in the same sign with Mercury that is newly direct. Uh, it will be receiving an overcoming square from Mars and Aries, and this is going to be a condition we're going to be experiencing for most of the rest of our year. It will also be opposing Jupiter retrograde in Capricorn, as well as Saturn retrograde and Pluto retrograde. Um, and it will, the final aspects with those outer planets, we have a trine, a whole sign trine from the Sun to Neptune and a sextile from Uranus in Taurus. The Sun's host this week is the Moon still with the sign of Cancer. 
and we are seeing a waning moon that is moving from the last quarter to the balsamic phase. So that is something we're going to see as we move forward with our week. This is kind of a, a week about letting go of things and, and processing and trying to integrate everything that we were experiencing over the past few weeks, which have been pretty busy. Uh, Saturn. Saturn will be moving uh, about one degree this week in retrograde motion through the third decan of Capricorn, where it is in its own domicile. It is in the terms of Mars from 26 to 30 degrees. It will be co-present or in the same sign as Jupiter retrograde and Pluto retrograde. Uh, we are seeing it casting a overcoming square to Mars and Aries. So it sort of has the upper hand on Aries. And, you know, Saturn this week is doing what it's going to be doing for, for most of the rest of the year, which is uh, slowing down our desire to take action and to um, potentially have more self-focused action based on uh, potentially some of our anger or some of our uh, dissatisfaction. Um, but we're going to have a lot of, we're going to have the brakes put on uh, for the next few months with Saturn and Capricorn being in that upper hand position. Um, it is also going to be opposing the sun and Mercury and Cancer this week. And it is in, in its own domicile. So it is its own host. It is resting in its own temple. I heard a really cool um, lecture, I believe, from, from Demetri George uh, the other day. I'm trying to remember. I've been taking in a lot of information as I've been researching my um, my lecture for the, the astrology conference. But I believe this was something from Demetri George where she was talking about when planets uh, are getting closer to their stationing point, uh, they would be closer to the temple that they, uh, that they were, that were their, that was their home sign uh, in the Thema Mundi. Yes, this was in reference to the Thema Mundi. So we can think about that planet, like this place as a place of where the planet is kind of uh, able to be comfortable and almost taking a rest. I thought that was a really interesting concept as far as what a planet is doing in its own domicile. Um, it can be very active in, in another domicile because it, it, it's you know, sort of having to get the lay of the land and it's being provided resources. It has awareness of its host, but perhaps this planet gets to relax a little bit and just be itself. I think that's really what we're looking at. And what Saturn does when it's trying to be itself is you know, it's able to you know, create contraction. It's able to cast darkness. Uh, it's able to, to contract forms and um, has associations with death. So we're composting old things and releasing old forms and potentially building new ones with, with Saturn in its own home. Uh, Jupiter will be retrograde moving through the third decan of Capricorn as well. It'll be moving about a degree backwards from 22 to 21 degrees, where it is in the terms of Saturn from 22 to 26. And then it'll be moving slightly back, excuse me, into the sign of Venus. Or I'm sorry, the terms of Venus from 14 to 22 degrees. Now, Jupiter in Capricorn is in its fall, which means that it is in a, in a domicile where it can't really relax. It is, it is in a place that it is not very comfortable. It's being provided for by uh, Saturn as its host. It is co-present with its host. So we're seeing an expansion of some of those Saturnian themes which have to do with contraction, death, uh, doing the hard work necessary, 
um, exclusion. So we're seeing an expansion of feelings of, of exclusion. It's really just not a very comfortable place for uh, Jupiter. Uh, so Jupiter, again, will be co-present with Saturn retrograde and with Pluto retrograde. Pluto will be acting upon uh, Jupiter as well. And we'll see the expansion of corruption or things erupting from the deep or potentially uh, some power struggles as, it, as all these planets move through the third decan of Capricorn, which was associated with the throne in, the, um, in 36 Faces, Austin's book about the tarot. Uh, so, yeah, we got a tough, tough week with uh, Jupiter also this week. Um, it's going to be casting and overcoming square to Mars and Aries and then opposing the sun and Mercury and Cancer as well. Mars is moving through the first and then this into the second decan of Aries, where it has domicile rulership. It is in its own home, just like Saturn is. Uh, so we've got two, the, the, I believe I've heard uh, my good friend uh, Rick Levine talk about this as the, um, the unstoppable force and the immovable object. And that is really the energy that we have going on when these two planets are in their own home domiciles and facing off with one another. Um, again, Saturn really has the upper hand because of its position in the zodiac right now. Um, but I would say that these planets are equally as stubborn when it comes to wanting to put forth their own agenda. Uh, Mars is, is going to have rulership by face in the first decade. Uh, it will be moving zodiacally from 8 to 12 degrees over the course of the week. And it will be in the terms of Venus from 6 to 12 degrees and the terms of Mercury from 12 to 20 degrees. Uh, it is again... Uh, receiving an overcoming square from both Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto, and it will be casting an overcoming square to the Sun and Mercury in Cancer. So it is receiving harm from Saturn. It is receiving uh, a, a planet like Jupiter trying to help it in the sign of Capricorn with the overcoming square, even though it is a square. Uh, and then it will be casting its own harmful rays or aspect rays to Mercury and the Sun. And we saw this with the perfection of Mercury and Mars last week um, as we were uh, experiencing some challenging in, in communication. There were probably some breakdowns with communication, some heated words. That is going to continue as we move through the whole sign aspect. And eventually we're going to see a square with the, uh, I believe, Mars and the Sun. I don't know if we get there, though. Have we already gotten to the Mars sun square? Maybe we have. Well, that'll be for another week to figure that out. Sorry, my brain is a little, I'm a little fried right now after doing a, a, a long day of, of my own talk at a, at a conference and then taking in a lot of talks. But the, the planets keep on spinning, and I want to make sure that I get this information out for you at a timely fashion. So we're just powering through today, okay? <laughs> um, Venus will be moving still through the uh, sign of Gemini. It is in the second, of de second decan of Gemini right now where it has some rulership by being in its own terms. Uh, it will start out the week in the terms of Jupiter from 6 to 12 degrees, but then move into its own terms from 12 to 17 degrees. It's receiving a, a positive sextile from Mars and Aries and also making a square to Neptune in Pisces. So those are the two aspects for Venus this week. Its host is Mercury in 
cancer in which it has an aversion relationship with. It is, there is a blind spot between Venus and its host. So it's difficult for Mercury to provide the type of resources that Venus wants right now. Um, and remember, we were talking about our astrological sentences where we can say that we are Venusing Mercury, or we are trying to bring harmony to our communication, or we're trying to, to unite disparate um, ambig ambiguities or dualities. But we're having difficulty with that because Mercury isn't even able to provide uh, the context that Venus needs to create that harmony. So harmony is still, uh, still challenged right now. We're not going to be able to get that until uh, Venus changes its relationship to Mercury. Okay, Mercury itself is in the first decade of Cancer, newly direct as of Sunday the 12th. Um, like I said, as I'm recording this, Mercury is stationing to a halt. Um, but as you are listening and moving forward through your week, we will have a newly direct Mercury. Um, we, it will still be peregrine where it has no essential dignity, but it will be moving from five degrees of cancer to eight degrees of cancer. Uh, and most of the early week, it'll be moving through the terms of Mars from zero to seven degrees. So still some spicy communication, but it will be, I would say, improving conditions slightly by moving into the terms of Venus from 7 to 13 degrees. It will be co-present with the Sun in Cancer, receiving the overcoming square from Aries, Mars, and then opposite Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto. It will have a similar relationship as the Sun does to, with a sextile to Uranus and Taurus and a trine to Neptune in Pisces. Its host will be the Moon, which is in a waning position, just like the host of the Sun where it is waning from a last quarter phase where we're getting some kind of uh, conflict uh, to the balsamic phase where we're getting into the dark moon phase where we're really trying to incorporate all the lessons that we learned from the last lunar cycle and get ready for a renewal with a new moon in the sign of Cancer next week. Um, the moon will be moving through the sign of Aries where it is peregrine. It will then move into its exaltation in Taurus where it has rulership by triplicity in the nighttime and also rulership by face in the second decan. It is peregrine when it moves through Gemini and then it has rulership in the domicile of Cancer and the third face of Cancer. So that is our planetary condition report for the week. Let's move forward to Monday, Monday, July the 13th. Hope you're all doing well out there. I had a really lovely birthday experience over the last week. I had a lot of nice well wishes from many of you out there, and I really want to say that I'm, I appreciate all of that. I received a beautiful gift from my partner who reached out to uh, a number of my friends who made a video uh, wishing me happy birthday, and she edited it all together, and some people had some really nice things to say, and it was very, very um, heartwarming and affirming, especially in this time frame where it's difficult for us to get together and have uh, an experience in person with our friends. So I really want to just say thank you to all of you who participated in that and everybody wish me a happy birthday. Um, it was a good one. It was, it was a good one. I we had a little snafu with my cats. <laughs> I woke up to like a, a number of um, blown up black balloons, kind of a, a joke on, you know, maybe being over the hill, uh, turning 40. And uh, apparently all those black balloons really freaked out our cats and they spent most of the day like cowering in a corner 
because I think one of them may have touched one of them and popped one on accident. And, you know, that's, you know, to a, to a cat, a, a large balloon is like the pod people have, <laughs> have come descended onto the, onto the earth that are, uh, that would be kind of freaky. So, um, but anyway, had a good birthday experience and looking forward to uh, this uh, fourth decade here of, of uh, experience. And hopefully I'll be able to continue to learn some things and, and share, share whatever I learn with you and, and uh, we'll go on, keep going on the journey together. All right, so looking at Monday the 13th, we'll look at one chart here. We'll switch back and forth a few times with our um, Starry Night Pro program. But just looking at the, um, the chart itself, we see that we have the sun uh, at 21 degrees of Cancer. So uh, we're not really dealing with any new fixed stars. We had Castor at 20 degrees of Cancer, so we're maybe still drawing on some of the experience there. Um, but the main aspects we have for the day is the moon is going to be making a square to retrograde Pluto at 102 a.m. at 23 degrees of Aries and Capricorn. Uh, the moon will also then square uh, Saturn retrograde at 11.54 a.m. at 29 degrees of each of those signs. So, um, you know, people talk about that as an anoretic degree. Um, and in Hellenistic astrology, I'm not exactly sure if that was part of their doctrine, but uh, the same concept of it being potentially a difficult time does apply because at the end of every sign, we have a malefic bound Lord. So it's moving through the terms of a malefic, which means that we may experience some hardship. We've got a tough teacher. And with both of these planets, uh, the moon and Saturn going through difficult end degrees of a sign, we may have a conflict that really comes up. Where we're really feeling our limitations. We've, like we really want to do something and take action, but running into some kind of limits. Uh, the moon will move into Taurus at 1.33 p.m. So that will, that will improve the condition of the moon and maybe give us a little bit of relief from some of the last quarter phase. Uh, I know in Michigan here, uh, as of today, um, our governor uh, talked about, um, made a new mask rule in Michigan where uh, masks are now required in indoor public spaces and in outdoor spaces with large gatherings. Um, and there will be uh, the possibility of a $500 fine and a misdemeanor if those rules aren't followed. I believe also the, uh, the government of Michigan can pull a business's charter if they are not um, complying with those rules. And I'm going to guess as this moon moves into Aries um, over this weekend, that's going to make a lot of people pretty upset in my state. Um, I, for one, am all for it. I think masks are important. And I think that, that it will save many lives, but there are a lot of people that disagree with me and it's okay, you can disagree with me, um, but um, those are the rules now. And I think that, um, yeah, it's, uh, we're, it's just really interesting times we're living, living through. And this order is going to go into place in Michigan on Monday the 13th. And I think that that is going to be our experience of the moon squaring Saturn, where um, you know people want to be able to do what they want to do, but they're running headlong into limitations that are necessary for the good of the collective. So, you know, tough tough waters ahead for the whole entire summer. All right, let's move forward to Tuesday, the fourteenth. Okay, on Tuesday, July the 14th, the, um, 
we are seeing the moon continuing on through the sign of Taurus. It's still continuing that last quarter energy um, where we had conflict between the lights, between uh, the moon and the sun when it was in Aries and Cancer respectively. Now when the, the moon is in Taurus, we will have harmony between the lights. So again, I think that is a condition that will improve. If we have some challenges over the weekend, we may start to feel some relief at the beginning of the week when the moon moves into Taurus. Um, the moon will be making a sextile to Mercury at 12.55 a.m. at 5 degrees of Taurus and 5 degrees of Cancer. Uh, it will then be conjoining Uranus at 10 degrees of Taurus at 10.14 a.m. Uh, the big uh, non-lunar aspect of the day is an opposition between the Sun and Jupiter. And really, this is the kind of the big energy of our week. And it's going to be so close to the opposition to Pluto, too, we might as well talk about these things concurrently. So you can see that we have the sun at about 22 degrees of Cancer, moving very close to the fixed star Pollux. Um, I would say that Pollux's significations are definitely going to come into play in this opposition. And remember, Pollux was the one of the um, one of the twins, and we are. Th th this was the dark twin, the twin that um, was the instead of the horse tamer, Pollux was the boxer, and Pollux in mythology represented the shadow, and wisdom gained through pain and anxiety and sacrifice. And I talk about sacrifice with this because it was actually Pollux who gave up part of his immortality to allow Castor to live after Castor was slain in a dispute, I believe it was over horses, and um, they, they made an agreement with the, with the Olympian gods that they would have to spend part of their time at Olympus and part of their time in Hades. So that it, this is, Castor I would say is more about um, kind of looking on the bright side, maybe some optimism or some hope. Uh, Pollux is, have, is learning through some negative experiences. Pollux experienced loss. But, you know, we talk about Castor as being like the, the storyteller, and both of these stars represent storytelling. Um, but I, I almost see, and maybe, <laughs> maybe this is because I have Mercury pretty close to Pollux, but I see some beauty in Pollux's sacrifice. And it's not just this negative experience. It's not just this negative thing. It's, um, you know, we could really say that maybe Pollux is really the hero of that story and being able to, to give up some of the, uh, the immortality so that, you know, this, the, the very noble sacrifice. So we may be asked with the, the sun on the fixed star of Pollux to make a sacrifice from our own resources so that someone to give someone else life and so that someone else can have enough and that was you know that really works with the theme of the third decan of cancer in the third decan of cancer if we look at the card associated with this we see a figure that is refusing excess right so here we have hold on a second here we have the four of cups and we have he has attained the three cups of abundance, but he's being offered a fourth cup, but he is refusing. And we talked about last week, this third decan of cancer, it's called luxury. 
um, or the overflowing cup, as which uh, Austin Coppett calls it. And this is where we have to reconcile and come to terms with all the abundance that we've created with uh, the sun being in a moon-ruled sign, which rules form and things coming into being and nurturing and birth, and the exaltation of Jupiter, which is all about uh, expansion and growth. So we may be having an experience where we find ourselves with a, um, an embarrassment of riches on some, on some level, and we may have to make a sacrifice from our own coffers so that someone else can have enough to do what they need to do. Now, what is complicating this is that Jupiter is in such a debilitated position in the sign of Capricorn. There will be some kind of conflict over what is enough and, and potentially between abundance and scarcity. And we may see this play out in the collective. We may see some, some folks that are unwilling to make that sacrifice that is required by the sun being conjoined, that fixed star of Pollux. There may be people that say, hey, screw you, Pollux, you know, you're, or you're going to, you know, or screw you, Castor, you're going to die, and I'm going to keep it all for myself. And we see this with the, uh, the opposition with the Capricorn card of the Four of Pentacles. Okay, this is something I talked about in my lecture today, is we see, really see some interesting narratives with the opposition cards. So we're seeing Jupiter trying to expand this, like, holding on to, to everything that they can get their hands on, like people trying to maintain a sense of power when they're being asked, really, to let go of form. And there may be some experiences where we have uh, people who are in power, which is represented by that third decan called the throne, that are holding on very tightly to it and unwilling to make sacrifices necessary to to help the collective that is in need right now um, and i don't know what the state of like new stimulus packages are or coronavirus relief or things like that within um, america's government but that might be something that we see that comes into conflict um, pretty heavily over the next week if those negotiations are still ongoing now the other thing that this is going to do with this opposition with Jupiter and Pluto is going to blow the, the corruption out of proportion. Uh, one thing that I've been noticing with Pluto is anything that Pluto touches, it either minimizes things. This is something I learned from Alan White that has really been resonating with me with my observations. It either blows big things, it either makes big things very small or it blows little things way out of proportion. It also brings up corruption from the underworld in whatever sign that it is in. And yes, we can talk about the, the concept of transformation and needing to redeem that certain quality, but make no mistake, before we can make the changes that we need to make, we have to have an awareness of the corruption that is hiding beneath the surface of things. So every time Pluto moves through a particular sign, it will bring up the clog in the system. So imagine that you have a sink and it, the, the water is not running very well anymore. It's very, it's the, the drain is very slow to the point that, you know, we may notice a, a slow drain slightly at first and put up with it. And we say, well, the water still goes down the hole. Eventually the drain gets so slow that the water will no longer go down the hole and that uh, sink ceases to be functional. We don't have a flow of energy anymore or a flow of water. And this is like Pluto. We have a blockage in the system. And what we're doing when Pluto comes to a particular sign 
is we're taking our little plunger and we're plungering all the, the, the shit, the, all of the gunk, all the hair, all the gross garbage that is pl plugging up the hole. And when it comes up, it's disgusting. It smells bad. It, it, it's gross. You don't want to touch it. And it's very unpleasant. And that's, I really believe that that is part of the energy of Pluto and having to come to terms with the unpleasant blockages and corruption that we're dealing with. Now, the, the problem really comes is when we're unwilling to deal with the plugged up sink. That's when we really cause the suffering. If we're able to deal with the blockage itself, that's when we can get the water running again. That's when we can get the flow going again. But if we ignore the corruption, if we keep running the water and we keep filling the sink and it overflows and it starts flooding our bathroom, but we, yet we keep the sink running without being willing to unplug it, that's when we create a larger problem than we may have experienced had we just done the heavy lifting or the, the, the gross hard work of unplugging it in the first place. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing with the coronavirus right now, with Pluto and Jupiter making these conjunctions. This will be the second of three that we're experiencing over the course of this year. The first time that we experienced Jupiter conjoining Pluto as a country in America in particular, and this is, you know, this is an American-centric forecast, I would say, um, but it is very important for America because America's, uh, I believe America's Pluto sits very close to these degrees. So it, this, this theme is really coming up. Because a number of people in America refuse to unplug the drain, we are having to deal with a much bigger problem than when we may have experienced had we been able to just be willing to unplug the sink the first time around. And as an astrologer, it is not even going to be over with this summer, which is unfortunate. I wish it was. We have a, another conjunction happening, I believe, in the end or middle of uh, November, right after our election. So this is going to be a theme of like, are we going to deal with the blockages that we have in our power structures? Are we going to do the hard, necessary work to make those changes? Or are we going to prolong our agony, okay, and not deal with this and create an even larger issue? And it's, it's tough. It, it makes me feel emotional. It, it, it makes me sad. Um, it makes me sad for all the people that have died. Uh, we're in the hundreds of thousands right now. Uh, it makes me sad for all of the, um, all the activities that we miss that we may have been able to go back to sooner uh, if we had done the heavy lifting. Uh, it makes me sad just for the loss that we're experiencing with our, within our communities as well. It makes me sad that the power structures are doubling down, it seems, on, um, on the inequality that we may be experiencing as a collective. I don't think it's gonna last forever. I do think we will get some relief eventually because the wheel keeps on spinning. But again, I've said many times that this may be the last gasp of the old power structure, um, trying to maintain uh, an illusion of security, an illusion of functionality before the greater change. And sometimes it has to get the darkest before the dawn. So hang in there is what I will say to everyone. And try to do your best to, to do, um, I don't know, 
take care of your fellow fellow person. Um, I think that the, that's really part of. I hate the fact that the mask issue has been, become politicized. I think that's a a mistake. It's a public health issue, and uh, the mask is not about your own personal freedom. It's about helping others, in my personal opinion. And um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. So anyway, moving forward through Tuesday, uh, that, that's our main aspect of the day. Uh, some other significations with the sun and Jupiter. Um, the seed of this particular aspect happened on December 27th of 2019 at five degrees of Capricorn when they were in a conjunction. Um, this, this aspect was described by Ren Butler in his very good book, The Archetypal Universe, as potentially um, manifesting as pride, egotism, self-centeredness, self-righteousness, uh, and ethical conflicts, because we have the Jupiter dealing with ethics and morals, but it is in its fall, so it may be difficult to do the right thing, quote-unquote. Um, and we may have an awareness of that with the opposition with the sun. The sun is shining the light of awareness on whatever it touches. And it may make us feel like we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Now, with its, its um, co-presence with Pluto, uh, Ren Butler talks about Pluto as colossal arrogance <laughs> in, 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 uh, in, in conjoining with these two planets. Um, so we could also see something play out in the collective of a, of a, a hubris of a, a level that we have not seen before, um, which is scary. Uh, but again, we'll get through it. Okay, let's move forward to um, Wednesday. Let's move forward to Wednesday. Oops. We don't want to go to Wednesday the 22nd. We want to go to Wednesday. July the 15th. So on Wednesday, the July the 15th, we are still seeing that opposition. And now it's going to be moving past the opposition with Jupiter and perfecting the opposition to Pluto. So we may get some kind of limitation first, and then we're going to have to deal with all the corruption that bubbles up due to like our realization of the, um, oh, did I say that the corruption of, I meant, I was thinking Saturn, but I'm looking at it as Jupiter. We're going to deal with Jupiter first and then deal with what happens with Pluto. So yeah, we may be experiencing that those questions of abundance versus scarcity, and then having to deal with like the seedy underbelly of that particular moral quandary. All right, so the moon is going to be making a sextile to Neptune retrograde at 7.15 a.m. We're still experiencing the moon moving through Taurus in the last quarter phase. Um, the moon's going to be trining Jupiter retrograde at 9.56 a.m. at 22 degrees of Taurus and Capricorn. And then we're going to see a sextile from the moon at 23 degrees to the, to the sun at 23 degrees of Cancer at 12.50 p.m. Uh, the moon will then trine retrograde Pluto at 1.01 p.m. and then make a trine later on in the afternoon to Saturn at 29 degrees of Taurus and Capricorn. Okay. So I think I covered the opposition with the sun and Pluto fairly well when I talked about Jupiter being in the same position. But this could lead to obsession, uh, a ruthlessness or a power play, uh, especially because we have the sun associated with authority and commanding action. 
And when it comes in contact with Pluto, there may be uh, authority that is being abused. So the abuse of authority or a sort of kind of draconian authority that may be uh, cast about. Um, we're going to have issues of, again, uh, the abundance and the scarcity, charity versus hoarding. Uh, definitely self-righteousness could be part of the equality or part of the equation as well. Um, so just be very, very careful about how you wield your authority when this opposition is taking place. Um, and I want to show you real quick what it looks like in the sky. So we'll go to the Starry Night Pro program. And we see here on July the 15th, we have the sun moving through the sign of the tropical sign, okay? Tropical sign of Cancer, but the constellation of Gemini. So you can see this here. Oops, there we go. So we have the grid lines that are gonna give us that experience there. Oh, I get two different types of grids. Okay. So here we see uh, the fixed star Pollux. So right next to it, it's twin binary star. There's Castor. Okay. And there's Pollux, the, the dark twin. And it is in alignment via the projected ecliptical degree with the sun. Okay. So that's what we are looking at with that. Um, the next fixed star that we're going to be dealing with is, at the end of the week is Procyon, and we'll talk about that when we get there. But I just wanted to kind of show you, as the sun moves forward in the daily mo in the um, zodiacal motion, we see that it's coming closer to the projected ecliptical degree of Procyon in the constellation of Canis Minor. Okay. So that's what we are looking at when we are looking at fixed stars and when they're conjoining, quote unquote, a, a fixed star degree. It's the projected ecliptical degree. So we're kind of trying to make an alignment between that, those celestial poles and the ecliptic. All right. So let's move forward to, hold on. Actually, before we move forward to Thursday, let's talk a little bit about Mars because Mars is moving into the third, I'm sorry, the second decade, excuse me. Of Aries, and I'm going to go back to my chart for just a second here. Um, so Mars in the second decade of Aries is going to happen when? It's going to happen around here, about 7 a.m. on Wednesday. And Mars is, of course, the domicile ruler for the entire sign of Aries, but we have a different decanic ruler when we get to the second decade. It was double Mars in the first decade, but now we have a, a sun-ruled Deccan in the second Deccan of Aries. So this is actually a place where the sun itself has its degree of exaltation at 19 degrees of Aries. And this is a very, um, a, a very commanding place for Mars. This is where we've, we've determined what we are and what we're not. And now we're trying to command action and create identity, create a world. We have determined what, what type of world we don't want to be a part of when we've separated ourselves from the mother plant in the first decade. And now we're saying, okay, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to put my energy towards. Uh, this was called the crown um, in 
I believe, Austin Kopic's book, In Virtue, in Book T. And again, this is about uh, leadership within conflict. This is very much associated with a, a type of general type of energy. Remember, Mars likes to take action, but this may be a very commanding type of action where you're saying, I am an authority figure and I want to take action on creating an identity. So that's what we're going to be experiencing with the uh, Mars moving through the second decan of Aries. Now that card shows a, the three of wands. So we see someone who is uh, kind of looking over his, uh, his world that he has, we had the, in the two of wands, we had the figure was kind of like, you know, contemplating, what do I want to do? Who am I? Who am I not? What kind of world do I want to create? And then the second deck, and you can see a, a figure that is uh, sending some ships out into the world. Now in my talk about the decans, I associated uh, the, the decans with the Thema Mundi, with cancer on the ascendant, and try to uh, extrapolate out some house meanings based on the position of these cards within that world chart. And Aries falls in the midheaven of the chart of the world. And we can see that these are all the things that, that we do out in the world, the action that we take, where we, it was called praxis was the 10th house. And these are all the things that we do that are very visible. So the actions we're taking right now may be very visible out in the world. Um, they may be in service of crafting our own personal identity or our own personal world which may actually really be needed right now since most of us are stuck at home. We may need to craft a new world. We may need to craft a new experience for ourselves. Maybe it's more of an online world. Maybe since we can't get together with the people that we want in person safely, we have to find new ways and be a trailblazer like Aries likes to do to create a, a new sense of community within the digital world. And that's something that we're experiencing with some of these online conferences, but we can do that in other parts of our life too. Just because we're physically distancing does not mean that we have to be completely isolated as a community. There is technology now that is not, does not have that uh, steep of a learning curve. Now, I say this as someone who has, you know, has a fairly good grasp of this technology uh, based on having to use it with my work. But if you take some of the time to educate yourself with it, uh, it, it becomes intuitive fairly quickly. Yes, there will be little hiccups here and there, but I would encourage you all, if it's something that is, is a barrier, is to, to really embrace some of the change because that can really help us feel connected with the people that we care about and the people that we love. Um, and again, you don't have to be an island through this. This is showing us that uh, unity is not necessarily being physically with someone. I mean, we are spirit souls having a physical experience. But we can be together spiritually, we can be together mentally, we can be together through our communications. And I know that that isn't everyone's cup of tea, but it is, it is something. Um, I, had, I had a friend of mine uh, tell me that she had a dream about astral projecting and hanging out with us after we had recently just talked. And I was like, all right, well, we, we just hang, hung out on the, on the astral realm. <laughs> I thought that was great. So she, she visited us at, at the, at the, in the astral realm. So I, that was kind of neat. Um, so yeah, if you want to journey in your dreams, you could do that too. Uh, so, but but try, to, try to be flexible with the way that you see creating community. All right, let's move forward to July the 16th on Thursday. All right, on Thursday, July the 16th, the moon is going to move into the sign of Gemini. 
uh, at 1.19 a.m., continuing the very end of our last quarter phase and moving into the balsamic phase as we move through the sign of Gemini. So we're, we've, we're kind of coming to terms with the conflict, the existential crisis about how we're going to start leaving the old lunar cycle behind and embracing the new one. And then during the balsamic phase, we begin to just integrate all of the things that we need to learn from the previous cycle and release everything that isn't serving us anymore from that cycle. Okay. Uh, the moon will be making a sextile to Mars at 1026 p.m. Uh, at 10 degrees of Gemini and 10 degrees of Aries. Uh, we will see the sun starting to move into a conjunction with the fixed star Procyon at 25 degrees. And now I'm going to move forward to Friday, July the 17th, because that's when we see the sun uh, exactly conjoin that fixed star by projected ecliptical degree. Okay, so let's talk about Procyon a little bit. Now, before I move on to Procyon, during Friday the 17th, the moon will be still continuing to move through Gemini in that balsamic phase. It will conjoin Venus at 13 degrees of Gemini at 2.40 in the a.m. and then make a square from 20 degrees Gemini to 20 degrees Pisces to Neptune retrograde at 5.14 p.m. So, so somewhat of a, maybe a little bit of a dreamier day with Friday on Friday the 17th as far as the the aspects go with the moon. Um, we're still going to be kind of dealing with the fallout from the opposition to Jupiter and Pluto. Um, that's going to take a while maybe to, to shake off and to process. Um, but let's look at Procyon for a second. I'm going to move over to my star chart again. Okay, so here we have July the 17th, and the sun is really at the end of the constellation Gemini, moving into the constellation of Cancer. But we, again, because of precession, the tropical zodiacal region that the constellation appears in is actually Cancer. So we're still moving through the end of tropical Cancer. And Procyon is right here in the constellation of the little dog. And we have two dogs associated with um, Orion, the hunter. And if I zoom out, and I get rid of my annotation here for a second. If I zoom out, you can see the two dogs of Orion. Okay, you can see the little dog that is above Monoceros, the unicorn, and then Canis Major, which is the home of the fixed star Sirius and Merzims, the announcer, below. And you can see the dogs following behind Orion, the hunter, over here, which was fighting Taurus, the bull. And Sirius has his eye on the hare, lupus. And Procyon's kind of checking out the twins here. I'm not sure if there's associations with the twins and Procyon, um, but one of the things is that Procyon is a bit, uh, it is a bit like um, Merzim's as an announcer. Back in the, in the um, times when, ancient Egypt was creating, crafting some of these significations for these fixed star relationships. Uh, Procyon was another one that was rising as Sirius was about to rise. So it was kind of something that we would see it and then it would be, its influence would be short-lived because Sirius was a much more important fixed star. So there are significations with having uh, short-lived or temporary power, a quick rise or looking, uh, perhaps looking for substance or staying power 
Okay, but maybe not being able to sustain it over time. So this may be a time where we're feeling like a burst of energy, um, but it may not be a sustainable thing. So keep your eyes out on Friday the 17th for maybe something that you get really fired up about, but realize that that might not be something that is sustainable. Um, and, and be careful that you don't dump a number of your resources in it if you don't have them, if it's not something that is going to be able to sustain you over the long haul. Now remember, this the sun will be coming into an opposition to saturn retrograde very shortly so you may feel like you want to pursue something but you are going to run into some limitations now this may be like some events that you might want to get involved in there may be some invitations that you've received but but i think that what this means to me if using my astrologer brain and and just seeing the flow of current events and my uh moon on menkar mind which was the mouth of the whale and tapping into the zeitgeist collective unconscious type of energy um we're going to see things just starting to shut down again and the plans that you make and the um, experiences that you may be very excited about as things temporarily reopened prematurely um they're going to be backtracked and we're going to feel some frustration if you if you become too attached to those things when they start to become walked backwards uh, due to some of the necessary limitations. So that could be part of the frustration that we may be experiencing is that we really want to move forward. We really want to do something. We want to get together with our peeps, you know, but we're really running into this Saturnian brick wall and we're running into the no, we're running into the limits. We're running into, you know, what's happening. We, as a, as a country, America is one of the youngest countries in the world. And right now we have many people in our country that are acting like a young country. And what is going to happen over the course of the next week or so is uh, America, the toddler, wants to run out into the middle of the street uh, and maybe doesn't know any better and says, this is my freedom. I want to do what I want. I'm going to run out into the middle of the street. Well, Saturn's about to come along and grab America the toddler by the collar and yank them uh, out of that dangerous position and moving into the middle of the street. Um, and that is what any good parent would do. That is what any responsible parent would do. Um, so there is a, a, a paternal uh, or even maternal, depending on whether you think of Saturn as masculine or feminine, there's some really good arguments to be made for Saturn being a feminine planet that it's not a rabbit hole we'll go down today, but uh, but just think of that parental energy that is saying, no, these are the limits. These are the boundaries. You will not be able to endanger others with your self-directed activity or yourself. Really, I think that this is the thing. One of the things that I think that our, our governor seems to want to be doing is protecting people almost from themselves. And if they're not willing to protect themselves, she's saying, well, I feel a parental responsibility or a governmental responsibility to be able to help those folks. Now, again, there will be some of you that completely disagree with that and say, I'm, I'm an adult and I can do what I want and nobody's going to tell me what to do. But that, to me, um, my personal opinion, you're free, like I said, feel free to disagree. Um, it's late in the day. The filter is gone. <laughs> you're hearing my real feelings. <laughs> is that it's an immature position. Um, and it is one where it's a, it's a misunderstanding of what true freedom really is. True freedom is not the ability to do whatever the hell we want, whenever we want. Um, true freedom is in the mind. True freedom is in the soul. 
And just because you can't have materially what you want when you want it does not mean that you're not free or can't have an experience of being free. Um, and I do think spiritual maturity does come from taking others into account and does come from the necessary sacrifices that the sun conjoining the fixed star of Pollux is if you want others to live. And there will be some that reject that with the opposition with Jupiter and Pluto, but there will be many more of us that will embrace it and say, finally, cooler heads have prevailed. Now, do I think that this is the end of the conversation? Absolutely not. When you have a toddler that you've, you've prevented from doing what they want, what's the next thing that they're going to do? Altogether, throw a temper tantrum. So America's about to throw a temper tantrum and maybe other parts of the world too. I don't know what, I only have the, my own experience of living in this country, but the temper tantrum's about to come and it's probably going to be very violent and it's probably going to be very loud. Uh, and when you're a parent, um, you weather the storm. I think that's my advice for all of you is you, you, a lot of it is bluster and you let the person burn out the energy, which we have Mars and Aries, which has a lot of forceful energy, but does not necessarily have staying power. So one of the experiences I think that we have, and one of the, the skill set that we have right now to get through this period of time is we let people express that energy and we allow them to burn themselves out. We allow the temper tantrum to happen and we endure it. Endurance is a quality that I think is important over the course of the summer because eventually if you're able to keep your center, if you're able to keep calm within all the blustering, uh, that is when you are able to reestablish your authority and you, you've never given it up. When you start to get into the conflict with the toddler, you've put yourself on the level of the toddler and you're making it worse. So I would say that for those of you out there who do care about your fellow person and do care about your community members, I would resist the temptation to get into shouting matches, to get into the, to participate in the temper tantrums that you will see people in your community start to have when they feel like their personal freedoms are being uh, subjugated. Now, the flip side of this and the one thing that I will acknowledge for people on the other side of the spectrum is that we do have to keep our eyes um, peeled for abuses of power. There is definitely a balance that we have to maintain as far as um, how we are experiencing these limitations. And there can be overreaches. I, I definitely agree that, that when we are trying to figure out what is good for everyone, uh, we, it's very difficult. That is a very difficult job. I do not envy politicians right now trying to figure out how to craft a law that is good for everyone when everyone has a lot of different needs. And that is the, the real problem and challenge uh, in general. Um, and this could be true too. Like let's, let's extend our parental metaphor because we're, we're working with the Cancer Capricorn axis here. All right. We're dealing with, um, you know, issues of, of security parenting, mother, father, we're, we're dealing with all those issues right now. And I think that one, one way we can think about that is let's, let's imagine that you're a, a patriarch or a matriarch of a large family and you have many different children. And 
are you going to treat every single one of them exactly the same? You may have some baseline rules that keep all of those children safe, but they may have different needs. And if you try to treat all of them exactly the same, that may cause conflict. Now, that doesn't mean that each one of them isn't entitled to equal basic human treatment and rights. So that, that I will say, unequivocally needs to be something that is addressed. And we are seeing that addressed through political movements, through things like Black Lives Matter, through some of the you know, Supreme Court cases we've been seeing lately, uh, through you know, LGBTQ rights and those conversations that we're having. Those are the basic human decency rights that we are trying to extend for everybody as we move forward with our um, civil rights types of uh, actions. Um, but again, I, this was a conversation also I was having with another friend of mine um, where we were discussing the concept of a universal basic income. And the argument that we had in favor of it was that uh, you give everybody a, a potential like certain amount to live off of. And if they decide that they want to pursue more and that, and that they may need more, or that's where their value structure is, then they have the freedom to do that. If they decide that they don't want to do that and they don't need more and they can live on the modest sum that they are given and pursue other things, then that is okay too. We don't have to follow all the same rules necessarily. But giving people enough of a safety net so that they're not constantly suffering or in fear, I, would, I definitely support that. And um, that may be some of the reckoning that we're trying to come to as a country. But again, it's a difficult conversation. Lots of people have a lot of different opinions and I don't envy our lawmakers right now. So that's what, what uh, I've got for... Uh, Procyon. One little side note about Procyon and Canis Minor. Um, this was interesting because I was I had a Procyon experience the other night as I was uh, stargazing. I believe Procyon was rising over the horizon as I was looking up at the stars and looking at the constellations through an app I have. I believe it's called Night Sky. It's very similar to this program, but you can hold your phone up and, and identify constellations. And it was about 1 a.m. And a little family of raccoons that visited me at my feet as Canis Minor was rising over the horizon. And it was a, a, a really cool experience. There was a mother raccoon and three or four babies. And I, I, was, I was reading about Canis Minor, and, and they actually called it before the dog which it could refer to Sirius and the, the Canis Major, but there are some thoughts that uh, before the dog actually meant raccoon. They mistakenly thought that the raccoon was a, um, almost an evolutionary precursor to, uh, to dogs or to um, domesticated dogs. So I thought that was, <laughs> that was like so literal. And we had little, you know, I had a whole family of uh, procyons and <laughs> like little dogs at my feet. It, it was a really cool experience. Um, okay. So again, just to wrap up this, this day, Friday the 17th, it's a conflict over our temporary desires and the, the need, the very strong need to delay gratification for the good of the whole. And that's a tough concept to learn or to teach as a parent and to learn as a kid, delaying gratification, especially because we've based a lot of our 
society on instant gratification. Okay, if I move back now to Saturday, July the 18th, um, really, I don't see any particular perfecting aspects. Uh, the moon's going to move into Cancer at 1024 a.m., continuing our balsamic phase as it starts to, uh, you know, really become the dark moon. Um, and we're going to, you know, we just, we have all the same whole sign aspects that we're going to be continuing on, but this may be a day where you get a little bit of a break from some of the energy and you may have a little bit more of a self-directed day since no aspects are, are perfecting on this day. Okay. So let's move forward and wrap it up with Sunday, July the 19th. So if I switch my notes over here. So on Sunday, July the 19th, the moon will start off in the sign of cancer. Again, completing that balsamic phase as we prepare for our new moon that is coming on Monday, July the 20th. And the moon will be making a conjunction with Mercury at 1218 a.m. at seven degrees of cancer on the fixed star Merzims. And we talked about that as the announcer that was rising before Sirius as is part of the constellation Canis Major. It is speaking out with a message. Uh, again, the last time that this happened, what, the last time Mercury was on the fixed star Merzim, this was maybe a, a week or two ago, uh, the, the uh, Supreme Court issued an announcement. And they in, in the article that I read, they literally say, the Supreme Court announced, and I was like, oh, that's Merzim's, announced that it will be upholding uh, a number of laws that were related to abortion rights and the woman's uh, ability to choose. Um, and we had a, a nice sextile from Uranus uh, conjoining a fixed star that was related to female sovereignty at that point as well. So um, it was a, a very interesting use of that fixed star symbolism. The moon will also be sextiling, again, Uranus at 10 degrees of Taurus. So maybe we'll see some repetition of some of those themes that we were experiencing when we had that first announcement of that Supreme Court ruling. Um, the Supreme Court's been kind of busy lately. Um, I, I don't know if they are breaking for the, the summer. Um, I believe that they were, you know, hearing a, a number of cases and, and uh, making a number of judgments before they recessed for a period of time. But we may have to be dealing with the fallout uh, of some of the themes of what they were um, ruling on. And they made a number of rulings, more than I can actually uh, unpack in this time that we have. Um, at 8.38 a.m., the moon will be making a square to Mars at 12 degrees of Aries from 12 degrees of Cancer. Now, this is a, a point. Uh, this is, there's another fixed star that we have here at 12 degrees of Aries, and it is called Alderamin. Now, Alderman, I'm going to go back to my sky chart with great trepidation because this one, um, this one is at a very strange kind of celestial place where I'm going to be looking for Mars, okay? And Mars is hanging out with the fish, okay? So let's zoom in, see if we can find Mars, okay? Mars is going to be hanging out right here. So that's Mars, okay? So we can see Mars is in Aries. And if we project that ecliptical degree out, and I'm going to zoom out, because what we're looking at is Mars projecting out 
to here. It's the, it, we're going quite a distance uh, in declination, very close to the uh, the north, or the, I, I'm sorry, this I guess it would be the south pole here, um, with the Polaris being at the top. Okay, we're, we're looking south, and what we're looking at is a family of constellations right here, and this is called the royal family. And this, the members of the royal family in the sky are the king, Cepheus, uh, the, uh, I believe that's how you say it, Cepheus, uh, the queen, Cassiopeia, their daughter, the princess, Andromeda, and Perseus, the prince, or the hero that is trying to rescue Andromeda from the sea monster or the, the Kraken after uh, that royal family upset Hera. So I'm going to try to reorientate this so we can just kind of see what we're looking at here. And again, this is where my program starts to get a little funky. There we go. Okay, I'm going to remove this. There we go. I think we can see it good enough. So here we have Andromeda chained to the rock. We have Perseus holding the head of Medusa and the fixed star Algol is right in the middle there and he's trying to free uh, the princess. Here we have um, the queen, Cassiopeia. And if I zoom out a little more, we'll be able to see Cepheus the king, which is where our fixed star Alderamon, Alderamin, sorry, is located. So we have the king up here, okay? And Alderamin, believe, is on his shoulder. See that? So it's on the shoulder of the king, and it's projecting all the way down on the ecliptic to conjoin with Mars. So we may be experiencing a number of the celestial stories associated with that royal family. Now, if you want to get a crash course on what we may be experiencing with Mars conjoining Alderamin, go rent the movie or find it online, The Clash of the Titans. It was an 80s movie that is near and dear to my heart because it was one of the first experiences I had with uh, mythology and the, the saga of Perseus and Andromeda. It was, it was uh, I believe it starred Harry Hamlin. Um, really cool movie, lots of cool uh, mythology within it. And it'll give you some ideas about some of the themes that we may see cropping up. Now, Alderman was in the constellation of the king. And it that in Bernadette Brady's work, she talks about but benevolent leadership. So this is a, a king that is ruling with dignity, with honor, with gentle power, uh, with focused but forceful, focused and forceful, but not aggressive action. It may be that we are trying to put our energy towards a noble cause. This could be the noble warrior with Mars being present. Um, but it is going to be making a square to the moon. So something that we may be trying to bring into manifestation, remember the moon was a manifester, or something that we may be trying to remove from manifestation that we may be trying to let go of, okay? Because we, remember, we have a really, uh, an old moon. We have a, a waning moon. So we may be trying to let go of something on Sunday. And it may be causing some conflict or some friction and asking us to do it with dignity and honor, gentle power, not to get too upset. We have to let go of maybe an old belief system or an old 
way of, of procuring sustenance or providing it that no longer serves us. And remember, Mars is cutting and severing. But when Mars is conjoining this fixed star, I believe that uh, our, our higher selves may be able to, uh, or our best selves may be able to come out. Our integrity may be able to come out when the Mars is on this particular fixed star. Now, one interesting aside, I just talked about that we had the second decan of Aries being a solar ruled decan uh, associated with the sun, which was the king in the sky. And I wonder if we can pull in some significations of uh, that fixed star being in the second decan of Aries um, with, with kind of that royal nature of that particular decan as well. So that's something that I would consider as we move forward through our weekend. So I hope that was clear. Um, again, it's a little bit difficult to see the royal family because the orientation starts to spin weird when we see this, but you could see there's the royal family right there. And apparently there's a giraffe. I don't know. <laughs> Someone asked me about this the other day. They're like, what's the giraffe in the sky? And I'm like, I don't know yet. I'll have to, <laughs> have to figure that out. Um, but, but anyway, okay. I think that's what I've got for this week, everyone. Um, I'm going to go take a rest now. And if we're looking ahead towards next week, uh, July the 20th, we will be experiencing a new moon at 28 degrees of Cancer. Uh, it will be opposing Saturn. So that new moon is opposing Saturn. So a difficult new moon where we're really going to have to be coming to terms with some of the limitations um, in our life. So tough, tough waters ahead. So, so try to hang in there and be prepared to uh, work within uh, more of a limitation than, than you would uh, thought that you may have to. Um, and if you prepare yourself mentally for that now, it's going to be less, less suffering. You may not be able to, to avoid the pain, but you, can, you don't have to make yourself suffer. And sometimes that comes through lowered expectations or delayed gratification. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in, in saying that, you know what, this just isn't time for this. I, there will be a time again uh, where I will be able to do what I want, but this, this is just necessitating uh, some, some limitation. Um, on Tuesday, the 21st, the Mercury will be conjoined the fixed star Alhina at nine degrees of Cancer. We talked about that in previous weeks. Um, it did join um, the heel of the twins, where we may be uh, inspired to march for a particular purpose. Uh, and then uh, this is this will be fun. Mercury, um, Venus will be conjoining the fixed star Rigel at 16 degrees of Gemini. Now, actually, this is a fun one for me because I have uh, my Venus is exactly at 16 degrees Gemini, uh, conjoining that fixed star Rigel, and that's all about uh, educating and and the educator. And we'll we'll explore that in depth. But it's a it's a pretty cool fixed star that's really about the pursuit of knowledge and sharing it with people. Uh, and then finally, on the 22nd of July, Wednesday, the sun will move into its own home domicile of Leo, and uh, Mercury will be making a sextile to Uranus. So, all right. That's what I've got, everyone. So, I hope you're doing well out there. Uh, you know, um, a little bit of a spicy one this week. A little, maybe I was a little opinionated, but, you know, uh, astrologers are human beings. We don't live our lives in a vacuum. We do have some thoughts on things. Um, there was a really interesting panel at Glock where they were trying to predict the presidential election. And there was uh, some astrologers that were talking about um, the need to be objective. And then there were others that said complete objectivity is impossible. I believe it was Rick Levine that said that because we're focusing, we're trying to talk about these symbols through our own particular conscious 
consciousness. And I agree with that 100%. I think that we can aspire towards being objective, but we are always going to be uh, filtering this astrology through our own worldview. And I am no different than anyone else. So I, will, I am filtering this through my own worldview. And I'm doing my best to give you the information about the symbols, but it will be colored sometimes by uh, some of my opinions. And uh, that is just kind of, you know, that, that's kind of how it is for everyone. And they may, there may be a time when you're, um, you know, more objective and less objective, but hopefully you follow along with me. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking now. So I hope everybody is well. If you like these videos, make sure that you hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends. Uh, there are some donation links if you want to support the work I do. That is always very appreciated if you want to send a donation. These, these um, forecasts take a lot of work over the course of my week. Um, and I, I, I am not being paid for doing this, uh, and I'm, but I, I do want you to have the information. I really believe in keeping things um, from being behind a paywall. Uh, so donations are some of the ways that I can keep doing my work without having to take the next step of putting some of this information behind a paywall to make a living. Um, also, uh, there is, what else do I have here for you? I think that's it. I think that uh, that's what I've got for this week. Um, I can't think of anything else. Um, so anyway, sorry for the scattered nature of this, but um, I care about all of you. Thank you for making my birthday special to those of you that reached out. And hang in there. I really do believe we're in this together. And uh, one other thing that they said in the panel is that we, we really have become very divided. And I hope that eventually we can start to see our common humanity throughout some of our differences. So. If we strive to find those things that unite us, I think that's going to really hold us in good stead as we move forward as a collective. So anyway, take care. Be good to one another. Try to have patience. And um, I'll see you later. Peace.